Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. China's um, military, I was reading not long ago, maybe a match for that of the United States, within just four years. And there's also a concern expressed that the People's Liberation Army may move to invade Taiwan within that time period. So thinking about that and thinking about Canada's military, what shape is our military in, the Canadian Armed Forces, as far as a fighting force is concerned? And uh, there are questions being asked about NORAD in Canada and the United States negotiating new mutual defense agreement there. And we have new frigates on the way. Did you know all of this? We have new frigates on the way. Bigger, much more expensive, we're told. We're joined by, and we're always honored to speak with Vice Admiral Mark Norman, retired, former Vice Chief of Defense Staff. Admiral, thank you very much for the time. How are you? I'm great, Roy, and uh, good afternoon to you and your listeners. Yeah, uh, Admiral, what, let me start with China. You and I have talked about them before, and, uh, and, and their interest globally, and their interest in the Arctic. Where do you place China now, militarily? Are they close to being on a par with the United States? Yeah, but they're getting uh, very close, and certainly that is a increasing concern and has been for well over a decade uh, of the United States. Um, the rate of growth uh, in terms of raw numbers and capabilities has been staggering. Um, I, I can't really comment on the, the veracity of, of the timelines as to when they'll reach uh, hegemony, but uh, it's, it's certainly going to be sooner rather than later. And I think it is uh, of concern uh, to Canadians, or it should be, and uh, certainly it's of great concern to our closest uh, ally and friend, uh, the United States. Yeah, so let me ask you about that as well, because we have had this long-standing agreement to protect North American airspace, which you're far more familiar with than most of us, and that would be NORAD, the North American Air Defense System. We, we're, we understand now that the negotiations are taking place between Washington and Ottawa on, on extending that agreement. But there's a compatibility issue, isn't there, with American Air Force versus our CF-18s, nice as they are. They're, they're antiques at this point. Uh, what, do you, what do you see going forward, and what is necessary in this regard? Well, I think uh, there's several layers to this. Um, and if I could take a moment just to explain to your listeners, I think we start with the uh, evolving nature of the threat to North America. I mean, NORAD in its uh, original... Uh, format was all about uh, protecting um, North American continent from attack uh, from manned bombers uh, from Russia. Now we have a much uh, wider threat base, both in terms of uh, possible um, uh, attackers, but we also have uh, huge uh, advancements in terms of technology. We're now looking at uh, significant increases in uh, unguided weapons, uh, missiles, um, and a variety of different threats. We're also looking at uh, threats beyond just Russia now, uh, North Korea, um, China, and, and potentially uh, some would argue that Iran could uh, pose some threat. But as to your question about the nature of uh, the technologies, I guess, um, I think that the first thing is that uh, we have to look beyond the uh, traditional um, aerospace threat. 
and uh, we now need to look well beyond um, the uh, the traditional domains uh, of war fighting. Uh, we we have threats to the approaches of North America that uh, are both uh, potentially uh, from space, uh, from airspace, uh, potentially on the surface, um, certainly from a maritime perspective, and subsurface threats. And all of those have to be taken into account. We also have an increasing um, cyber uh, concern, and uh, all of this has to be brought together into an integrated whole. And uh, it's really important that we look at the kind of um, technology that's required to integrate all of these different capabilities so that we don't have a whole series of silos that don't talk to each other. Yeah, it's it's really such a complex uh, and in rapidly developing reality. When you look at uh, Canada's military, and you spend decades of your life in the military and leading Canada's military, how do you assess our most substantial needs in the shorter and the longer term? And I'm just reading a piece the other day about the increasing cost and size of the next generation of frigates that is coming to the Canadian Royal Canadian Navy. Um, how do you assess where we are, what we need, and why is it always a battle to, to, to supply the, the armed forces with what they require? Well, I think if I answer the first question last, or sorry, the last question first, we're always behind uh, where we need to be. And uh, there's a variety of reasons for that, and we could take hours discussing why everything takes so long. But uh, that, that creates a whole series of problems whereby uh, we're always playing catch-up. From, uh, from the perspective of, uh, of capabilities. Uh, we tend to replace like with like, um, and part of that has to do with the timelines that we're dealing with. So we never really have an opportunity to get ahead of the potential problem. And uh, th- th- that, that's exactly uh, what we're seeing today. And whether it's fighter aircraft or new frigates or um, you know, vehicles for, for the Army, whatever the, whatever the requirement is, um, we're always behind where we need to be. The other thing I think is really important is that we tend to focus on um, the, the shiny pieces of hardware too much, and they become extremely politicized, and uh, partly because of the cost, which is significant. Um, and we don't look at how, as I mentioned in, in the, the previous question, how we're going to tie all this together and bring it all together. If you think of uh, perhaps some of your listeners can relate to all of the advancements in technology in their own homes and and uh, the extent to which they can integrate those and bring them all together, or are they all running around with a whole bunch of different remote controls for all the different devices that they have? Um, that, that That's an oversimplification, but I think it gives you a sense of where we need to go. And it's expensive, and that, and that's and that's part of the problem. And it's it's really expensive when we're always late and behind schedule. Yeah, it is, isn't it? When we, for, for example, I, I looked at the Australian reality with their Air Force. They've had uh, the, the latest generation fighter jets for for quite a few years now, or a number of years anyway. And what have we done? We've bought surplus uh, F-18s or CF-18s from Australia, and we, we just can't. I'm editorializing here, Admiral, on your turf, and I apologize. But it seems to me we can't continue in this manner. And you told us last year, in an interview on this program, that Canada needs to be a bit edgier in a world that isn't getting any nicer, and particularly, let's go geographical here, with the Arctic attracting so much interest from, well, back to China and Russia. Yeah, exactly. And so when we look at um, uh, peer nations, and, you know, Australia is a really interesting example, and without uh, dragging that out too much, I think what's what's key to realize uh, that they've, they've had a concerted effort now for the last, 
two decades plus. Certainly the bulk of my career as a senior officer was uh, observing the Australians really getting their act together. Another, uh, I think, key key component to look at is the fact that although uh, they may have political disagreements as we do at home, they're, for the most part, 90% unified when it comes to the uh, strategic importance uh, of their of their defense situation, but also in investing in defense. So um, th- those two things, I think, uh, were a long time in the making, but they're certainly uh, proving to be advantageous, and, and that's why we're seeing relative success. They have their own challenges, everybody does, but in relation to us, I think they're, they're in much better shape going ahead. Um, and they recognize their, the, the strategic reality of their defense situation. Uh, they're, they're, not, they're not pretending that we live in a warm and fuzzy place, because uh, sadly we don't. Um, and yeah, as it relates to the increasing nature of threats that I think would resonate with Canadians, um, you know, China, for example, we've discussed before, you know, they're not building this capability because they can, and they're not building this capability out of a great sense of benevolence. They have real ambitions, uh, both in their own backyard and, more importantly, uh, globally. And when we look at the Arctic, which is, uh, we think it's ours, uh, and parts of it are, but there's a whole bunch of it that is um, contested, and uh, China and others certainly have ambitions to uh, to exert the increased levels of control over the next uh, decade or so in uh, in our own backyard, and I think that should uh, cause people to, to really wake up and pay attention. Uh, as you said, Admiral, uh, previously, the world is becoming edgier, and I don't suppose there's any expectation that it's going to become any less edgy in the short term. No, sadly not. Yeah, and I think uh, you're witnessing uh, exactly the kind of uh, articles that you're reading are indicating that uh, uh, notwithstanding the understandable focus on the pandemic and everything else associated with it, that there's still some nasty uh, rail politic, uh, as they used to say, uh, playing out uh, globally. And people are taking advantage of the situation to, uh, to further their own um, interests globally. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.